Welcome to my social studies podcast, Keep Your Facts Straight, a podcast focusing on the super important steps in history. I'm your host, Bella Group, and today we're going to be focusing on early colonization in North America that did not fail. So, the 13 colonies. Many countries did in fact fail trying to colonize on North America, including Spain and France, where most of the colonies just failed because they ran out of supplies. Something super simple, but super important. Anyways, you probably already know that Great Britain was the country that set up the first 13 colonies. If you didn't know that, well now you do. The 13 colonies were split into three groups. They weren't all the same either. There were the New England colonies, consisting of New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut. There were the Middle colonies, consisting of Delaware, New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. And lastly, there were the Southern colonies, which consisted of Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. You can probably tell by their names where they are located, so you don't even have to look at the map. It's pretty obvious that the middle colonies were in the middle, the southern colonies were the most south, and then you have the New England colonies, which were on top. Government. Something that we all know about. A way to keep everything running smoothly. Well, even the colonies were sophisticated enough to know that they had to have order. There weren't many differences when it comes to the governments of the colonies, but I would say that the southern colonies had the most representation, while the others were just self-governed. Virginia was the first colony to have a representative government. They housed the House of Burgesses, a representative assembly where members would meet at least once a year with their governor to decide local laws and determine local taxation. The people that were allowed to vote voted who they wanted to represent them. This was usually the person with the same ideas as them. That's how they got their own voice in the government. Religion also comes into play when you are talking about government here, because in the New England colonies where Puritans were, they tried to be more strict, and the government imposed their religion. The other colonies believed in more of a religious toleration for Christians, so they had less of an impact on government, and it was more of representative and self-governed government. When you are looking at the similarities between the governments, you can see that A, they were all self-governed, and B, only certain people were allowed to vote or even be welcomed. Self-government is pretty easy to explain. The king was in Great Britain, the colonies were in North America. The king couldn't talk to them 3,000 some miles away. That would be crazy. So they had to govern themselves. Then we have voting issues and not being nice issues. They sort of fall into the same category. At the time, women and African Americans could not vote. If you look at Document 2, Voting Requirements, you will see that if you were not white, Christian, male, and you didn't own a good amount of land, you could not vote. If you were not Christian, you were not welcomed in the Middle and Southern colonies. If you were not a Puritan, you weren't welcomed in the New England colonies. There were so many issues that needed to be fixed with their governments, but they gave us a good start to our government today. all had very different climates in their areas. For example, the New England colonies were northernmost, so it was colder, and the southern colonies were closer to the equator, so it was warmer. Because of the differences in temperatures and climate, they all had to find different ways to create a sustainable lifestyle. The colonies in New England were cold, so they hunted, traded fur, built ships, fished, stuff like that. They also came in as successful farmers, carpenters, cloth-makers, fishermen, and more, which created a more diverse economy that provided for most of their needs. 
The middle colonies were breadbasket colonies, which means that they got most of their money from harvesting wheat, grains, and oats, all things ingredients to make breads, hence the name breadbasket colony. Finally, we have the southern colonies. They had super fertile land, great for agriculture, so that's what they did. They grew cash crops, including indigo, rice, and of course, tobacco. Cash crops were crops that made a lot of money, but weren't really used by the grower. This provided them with an extremely prosperous economy. But some of the ways the colonies managed to make this much money and grow crops on such a large scale were not very humane or even nice. Slavery was used in both the middle and southern colonies as a way to make money without doing any work. Totally unfair and cruel. The New England colonies didn't really use slavery as much as the middle colonies, and definitely not as much as the southern colonies. Instead, they used indentured servants as their forced labor. If you don't already know, indentured servants were men and women who signed a contract by which they agreed to work for a certain number of years, normally either six or seven years, in exchange for transportation to the New World and, once they arrived, food, clothing, and shelter. These were mainly the people who couldn't afford to make the trip themselves. As you can see, the colonies all had very different ways of making money, but of course, when it comes down to the similarities, it's pretty simple. The colonies' economies were all very prosperous, which is why they were able to survive. They also used forced labor to make their colonies better, and they all used their own unique ways to make money. Why was South Carolina a distinctly Southern colony? Well, there were many reasons why South Carolina was a Southern colony. First of all, it was South. That's pretty obvious. Second of all, it had very fertile land, luscious greenery, and many trees. This made the South a great place for agriculture, South Carolina included. They grew what we call cash crops, which I already said what they were, but if you didn't catch it, cash crops were crops that made a lot of money, but weren't really used by the grower. The cash crops South Carolina grew were indigo, rice, and tobacco. Indigo was used to dye clothes and other things. It created a rich blue color that everyone wanted. Tobacco was, of course, the new cool. Although it was terrible for your lungs, the Europeans didn't care, and the South Carolinians just wanted to make money. Rice was a food. It was eaten. <laughs> These crops all required a lot of work and were produced in high quantities. So, of course, another reason why South Carolina was a th southern colony was slavery. The middle and northern colonies used forced labor, but definitely not as much as the south. They used forced labor as a way to earn more money by harvesting more and more crops. South Carolina wanted to be prosperous, so they had many slaves working on their plantations. That's why South Carolina was a distinctly southern colony. differences in the 13 English colonies can still be seen today in the way towns have developed and in some customs. Leaders in the colonies were very smart and knew what they had to do in order to have a successful colony. They each had their own unique ways of doing things, and I hope you learned that on today's podcast episode. Signing off, this is Bella Group. See you all next time on Keep Your Facts Straight, a podcast focusing on the big steps in history. Thanks for tuning in!